Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. Well, thank you guys. That was wonderful. Well, wouldn't you know it? I was going to invite the youth up here to do the 12 days of Christmas with me, and, and there they go, going to do some Sunday school class that I was supposed to do this morning, so... Have fun without me, guys, as you go to Starbucks. Well, so yes, this morning, what happened was at 7 o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call from a froggy pastor who says, I'm not feeling well, Robin. Can you help me out and go to the bottom of the barrel? So... uh it's just a privilege to, to be with you this morning and, uh, and bring the message, the message on the candle of peace. I was going to ask uh, you this morning what your favorite Christmas carol was in this time. And, and as you think back, I don't know about you, but I'm transferred back into a time when I was living in 100-mile house. And this song would come up, and I'm going to share it with you in just a minute. But what are some of your favorite Christmas carols? Joy to the World. Yes. Oh, Holy Night. Yeah. Well, that's about it, huh? (laughs) Oh, come all ye faithful. What child is this? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Let's sing that one together, shall we? Well, Christmas is almost here, but it's so special to walk through the malls in this politically correct world and still hear some of these special carols being sung. And you're like, oh, if they only knew what they were listening to as they start looking for their Christmas gifts in this busy time. Well, for me, it was back in the 80s when I was living in 100 Mile House, B.C., 100 Mile House, of course, as you all know, is the distance during the gold rush as they would go. It was 100 miles from somewhere. I don't know where it was, but it was further than where 70 Mile House was, which was down the road. But we lived in 108 Mile House. And it was that time that the the snowflakes were falling and we would... um, in our house, we, of course, everything was ready to go. And when snow falls, as a kid, you get out there when there's no snow out because it's, it's the beginning of something great. And we would pull our cross-country skis out and scrape them along the road when there wasn't even enough snow. But just those memories. And I remember the, uh, the song coming up. And, and for me, one of the favorite songs was the... Melody, the beautiful, buttery voice of Nat King Cole as he sings Silent Night, right? You remember that song, so why don't you sing it with me? Ready? Ready? Let's do it. Silent night, yeah, by the fire, holy night. All is calm, all is bright Round yon virgin, mother and child Holy infant so 
tender and mild Sleep in heavenly the glow of the Christmas light or tinsel back in that day. We would, uh, for Christmas Eve, we would have the tradition of French onion soup. And so I still try to sneak that one in covered in mozzarella and bread in the oven. It's just good. I don't know where that song transfers you back to but it was a time of special gifts. And, and I remember on one evening, we were at some friend's house, and they had a, a boy a little older than me. His name was Leroy. And Leroy was a, a tough kid that I looked up to, and he happened to uh, outgrow a pair of skates there by the door. And I happened to notice them and try them on, and boy, did they ever fit nicely. <laughs> but we had to leave, of course, and... A couple days later, under that tree, there was a box. I opened up that box, and you guessed it. It was a Leroy's used skates. A little rusty, but good. My favorite skates I ever had. And I tell you, to this day, I would have been a professional hockey player if it wasn't for mom saying, no, you're going to get a puck to the face, and you're going to knock out your teeth. <laughs> and they also played on Sundays, and that wouldn't work, as dad was pastor. So there goes my dreams and hopes, but... But, uh, but there were good memories growing up. There's many gifts that we're going to be given under the tree, and the gift today that's been lit for us is the gift of peace. And boy, does the world ever need peace today. I remember also back in the day, uh, remember Oprah Winfrey? She used to give out these... Uh, Oprah's gifts, Christmas gifts, and the crowd would get so excited. They start pulling things under their chair, and I didn't put anything under your chair. I was thinking of it. But, uh, but they would pull out all these presents, and they would be, oh, look at what she gave us, gift cards, or Bed Bath & Beyond, or Michael Buble CD, or, and things like this. And, and uh, people would go wild over gifts when they were given by Oprah Winfrey. But the gift that was lit this morning, this gift of peace that you hold in your hands as we sang this, this song together, the Son of God loves pure light has just been wrapped up 
this morning and placed into your hands, into your heart. It's a gift given to you by God himself, and it's a gift that epitomizes this word of of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Because you got to know that it wasn't all exciting the day that Jesus came into the world. Rome was occupying the place. Taxes were crazy. The religious system was oppressing their own people so much that there was no breathing room. And it's in this context that the very essence of all the love and peace that could be ever made tangible was wrapped and brought to us. And the passage in the Bible that reflects this gift is found in 1 John. And I encourage you to grab that Bible that's in front of you. John, who wrote the book of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, as well as the book of John, was a very special individual and, and grew to a place of relationship with, with Jesus that was unlike any others. He was the beloved disciple who reclined next to Jesus at the Last Supper. What's fun about John is he never refers to himself in the first person. He would say, the disciple that Jesus loved. He stood at the foot of the cross when Jesus was crucified, John did. And Jesus looks at him and entrusts his mother to him. John, I'm going to be going. Will you take care of her? Along with Peter, he was the one who ran to the empty tomb. And John, he ran even faster than Peter did. And he gets there and sees an empty tomb in bewilderment. But he also spoke and ate with Jesus uh, at the breakfast lakeside restaurant there when, when Jesus was making fish. And in his description of love over and over and over again in his books, he was more than qualified to write in 1 John 1, verse 1, he says, that which we have seen with our eyes, what we have heard, what our hands have handled concerning the word of life. This word of life was made tangible, and, and I'm presenting him to you so that your joy may be made complete. He writes... In chapter 4, verse 9, he says, this is how God showed his love towards us. You want to know how God showed love towards us? A broken world that was without hope, without peace. The world's in trouble. When there's sin and there's a holy God, we're in trouble. And Paul says that God made him, him, who know no sin, to become sin for us. We're going to take communion together. He became sin for us that we might be called the righteousness of God. It's this gift of peace. And he writes in 1 John 4, 9, John does, this is how God showed love towards us. That he sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. 
It was a broken and desperate world, and they had gone for hundreds of years without any good news. No prophet had spoken for 400 years between the prophets of the Old Testament and what we read about in the book of Luke and the Gospels. It was a broken and chaotic world, similar to the year 1861, when the the Civil War was just beginning. And, and Pastor Barry referred to this last night, but there was an individual named Henry Wadsworth Longsfellow who wrote a poem called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And he, he was living in a context of national division. Sound familiar? But it was a civil war, and, and he also experienced personal loss. His wife, Fanny, had died when her dress caught fire. And he tried to roll out the flames with his own body, but it was too late. Then two years later, his 18-year-old son, Charlie, left home and signed up to serve in Lincoln's army. And on December 1st of 1963, Longfellow was having dinner with his family when a War telegram came to him stating that his son, Charlie, had been severely wounded in battle and surgeons warned Henry that his son was going to face lifelong paralysis. That was on December 1st. And then on Christmas Day in 1863, Longfellow, a 57-year-old widowed father of six and the oldest, which was paralyzed now, he wrote a poem seeking to capture the dynamic dissonance and brokenness of what the gospel was saying and yet what life was saying. And he wrote, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, talking about this peace on earth and the mockery of it. And when you listen to the words, there's not much hope to them as he writes, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, the mild and their sweet, their songs repeat of peace on earth, goodwill. Really? And in despair, I bowed my head. There's no peace on earth. There's a civil war going on. My wife is gone. My son is paralyzed. Hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then maybe by the fire, the Holy Spirit nestles up to him and he begins to write. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God's not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail and the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And the peace on earth came and was wrapped in clothes and laid in a manger and came as a baby and proved to the world who he was and he paid for our sins. It sounds a lot like John 3, 16, doesn't it? For God loved the world so much that he gave this gift, his one and only son, that if we would just believe and accept this gift of peace, we wouldn't have broken relationship with him anymore. God didn't send his son, the next verse says, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. 
through him. So how do you respond to such a gift? Some people don't accept it at all. Says, no, I don't want it. Others say, thank you for this gift of peace. I see the babe lying in the manger and people's lawns, but that's not for me. Or they continue to live their lives with no change. But this kind of gift demands a response. A response of gratitude. Now that you have this gift of peace, I want to ask you, what are you going to do with it? John continues in verse 11, Dear friends, since God loved us and gave us this gift of peace, we also ought to love one another. So this is our response then to love one another. And the early church was famous for it. You know, during those first 300 years, they didn't have cathedrals or or pastors wearing robes. They just loved their neighbor very well. And the Roman world caught it. Where does this love and peace come from? I want in. In 1 John 3.18, he sums this challenge up. He says, dear children, then let us not love in word or speech, but with actions and in truth. God demonstrated his love. Look, we're going to be taking communion in a little bit, this body broken so that we could enter into the Holy of Holies, the blood spilled for us so that our sins were forgiven and we could come right into his presence. I mean, it's phenomenal. We can't really go a a service here without paying respect to C.S. Lewis, right? (laughs) C.S. Lewis wrote, he says this, do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. In 1965, almost 100 years after the Civil War, there was a lot more chaos going in America. Civil rights movement was going on. Riots were taking place. The arms race was in full swing. And a song came out in 1965 that became a a theme song for about 100 movies. And what this song is really saying is it's a cry. It's a longing. And I want to share that with you right now. Let's watch this together.
just for some, but for of grace and mercy and peace to come and grab them by the hand and bring them into relationship with the one who did this for them. And those are you and me. We are the one that takes this gift. And people are waiting. They're living all around us, waiting to receive this gift. And it may be inviting over for a dinner like that. It may be giving to the nourishing network like we did just yesterday so that they could provide hope for these kids who go weekends without food. The Operation Christmas boxes that you filled in were no small thing. Those, those gifts that you filled up from Walmart or Target may, are making their way over to these kids who will never experience love so tangibly as what you did and in there find the story of the good news of Jesus. You can volunteer, you can make a meal, donate your time and energy. There's young people with no role models. They don't have a grandma or grandpa to make cookies for them. They're single moms or foreign students who are waiting for you and for me. You've received a wonderful gift. What are you going to do with it? The Christmas concert was very special yesterday. It was one of the best, maybe the best. But the part of the Christmas concert that struck me the most was when Becky Anderson read from Luke chapter 2 when she says, and this will be a sign to you. She did such a masterful job. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. As the worship team comes, we are going to prepare to take communion. And really, this is a peace treaty. 
that God did for us through giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And as we take communion today and remember the gift of peace that he brought, reconciling us back to himself. The challenge is, what are you going to do with it? Number one, accept it and be thankful. And like he, Paul says, now that we have been uh, the way right into the holy of holies has been made, we can run boldly and ask in our time of need for help so we can receive it. But the second challenge is, is to give it away. In 1 Thessalonians, we, we read the, the communion passage that I wrote right down here. 1 Corinthians, I was in Thessalonians. Well, that's a little far away. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, For I receive from the Lord that which I pass on to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Could you imagine when, when he broke that body and, and what it represented was that the division between God and man was broken. And you know when he rose from the, uh, when he was crucified, how that veil ripped from top to bottom, signifying that into the Holy of Holies has been made possible. So why don't we run there together? That's what we get to do today. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and he said, this, this cup is the new covenant in my, in my blood. Remember the old covenant? How many bulls and sheep had to die at that temple? Aaron and the Levites constantly I made a mistake, Aaron. Oops, here's my sheep. Would you cover me one more time? Every year, he would go in and sprinkle that Ark of the Covenant with blood. God, one more year. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you stand with me? And this morning, we get to take communion together. We get to accept this peace treaty for you and for me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. What a privilege it is. We are so undeserving. And yet, because of what you did, you reconciled us back into relationship with you. Now we stand thankful and with much gratitude and with boldness to come into that invitation, that relationship with you. And we do it. And we're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. So we take communion. I'll bring it over to this side and, and follow Pastor Nancy as you take communion. And then we'll come over here and we'll do the same. And as you take the, the cup and, the, and eat that bread, would you do so today with 
a heart of gratitude. And then pray back, Lord, how can I share this good gift that you've given me with others?